Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Super Bowl Radio Row. Welcome to the PHLY Eagles show presented by Factor Meal Kits. Head to factormeals.com slash Eagles50 and use code Eagles50 to get 50% off. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman in the thick of things here at Radio Row on Thursday. The big day at Radio Row as, as you have explained to me, Zach. Yes, always good to be here, particularly on Thursdays. This is when you get the the, the heavy hitters, the mm. A-listers, uh, like the people you bump shoulders with, the rub shoulders with. These are that's when they're here. You're walking around here. Drew Brees over there. They're asking if we wanted them on the show. I said no, thanks. <laughs> we we got, do not harbor that here. <laughs> we have one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history over there. Tanner McKee is here. <laughs> Bo completely uninterested in, in in Drew Brees. But if you are a journeyman wide receiver who once was in Eagles training camp, that's who Bo wants. Um, we over there we have we have Tyrell. I gotta Owens. bite my tongue here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Another Hall of Famer. We have Brian Baldinger, one of the great analysts in all in all in all football and sports. Uh, Chris Long is is there doing his show. You're not really uh, going a long way. So far, you've named a lot of people who have been here all week. Um, no, there's, there's they, well, Drew Brees hasn't been, T.O. hasn't been. Those yeah. are literally the first two people yeah, that I mentioned. Yeah, you Baldy and Chris Long, who are both doing shows from Radio Row. Uh, there's there's so many. I think there's Chuck Pagano over there. Wow, Chuck Pagano is here? Chuck Pagano CP? is here. Uh, there are so many people coming through here. We have a great show with, with people we've spoken to the past few days, people who are coming today. And then tomorrow's show is going to be similarly as strong. Alex so, Singleton is here. Yeah, it's it's been a Just fun. Just so you know, here's the flow of things, okay? Because we are, you know, it's noon back east, but it's 9 a.m. here in Vegas. It hasn't really, it doesn't really kick off yet. The, like the middle of the day, it's more like uh, 10 to 2 is when it gets really popping in this vast convention center. And that's when we do do our work to get interviews for the next day show, which is what we did yesterday. Talked to several people who you will hear from on this episode today. Everybody has been wondering after the uh, escapades of what happened during the show yesterday, did the guys get Tory Smith? 
did Bo get the number right? No. Did he then <laughs> circle back and uh, make something happen? Yes. Tory Smith will be coming up in a few minutes. We talked to Donovan McNabb, five, will always love you. We talked to DeAndre Swift, get a little insight into what might be coming for DeAndre Swift. And we did talk to one of the most impressive lineage in the NFL, of course, the Bose Camp Crush. Uh, we talked to one of those guys that will be coming up at the end of the show. But Zach, we had a nice dinner last night, uh, a little steak. What are you feeling? I feel great. I had dinner with Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas was there. Uh, Nobody, was, nobody's face has aged less than Frank Thomas. Looks the exact same. Yeah, and just imagine he's walking out and saying, "I'm the best. I'm the second best first baseman in this restaurant." Right. Well, I wouldn't call myself a first baseman by trade. Okay, but you did play first base. Yeah, but it was never my primary position. Yeah, well, you were a pitcher, but... Pitcher and third base. Pitcher and third base. A little bit of left field in, okay. in, in college, but I would say third base was my primary third position. Third base, your primary I mean, position. I, I okay. could play first base. I could probably play it as well as Frank, but <laughs> that's not that's not what I would call myself. But, yeah, great a great time, great spending time with Julia. I had great a Frank time. Thomas poster in my, uh, in my room in my grandma's house growing up. Nice. Nice. That's all. And shout out Love to Jason. Big shout out to Jason who stopped by the meetup last night. Yeah, shout out to Jason the, at the Overhang Bar at yep. Circa. Had a nice long conversation with our uh, our DFOP who lives in Vegas. That was uh, good, good, good to see. Good Vegas. He got to man. he got to find out what it's like. When I said yesterday, like Zach is who he is. He he got the full Zach Berman is interviewing you for a story treatment. <laughs> Elaborate on that. What particularly does that mean? It, it means there's no such thing as a uh, casual conversation. Everything is uh, pointed questions that are uh, looking for big answers. <laughs> I wouldn't frame it like that. Just trying to elevate small talk, right? Lawrence. Hey, Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence. Would you say? Would you say at dinner last night you felt like you were being interviewed by Zach? Thank you, Lawrence. No, okay, all right. You thought it was a nice conversation. You just thought it was a nice conversation, right? Someone who's genuinely interested in someone who's genuinely interested in what you have to say, right? Yeah. So the I didn't say it was a bad thing. So there are there are two really important qualities to have an enjoyable dinner with somebody. Okay. The first is to be interested. The second is to be interesting. Okay. Everything beyond that, like is is you know dessert if you will right if you're interested and you're interesting it's gonna be a, a nice dinner now there's Wait, some people you who have are, a saying like that for every social event i'm saying there's some people who are who are interesting but they're not interested and then in those cases it's a one-sided conversation there's some people who are interested but they're not interesting and in that situation like you're not providing much right so but if you're interested and you're interesting it, it should be a, a, a good two-way conversation or a four-way conversation or however many people are at the table Okay. Now, what what would you say are the like six things you need for a uh, like a, a casual hangout at the bar with with uh, listeners at the Overhang in Circa? What are the what are the things there? Do you have a, you have a mnemonic for that? <laughs> no. In in that case, what you, I, you know, I'm I'm curious if if you are. No, I said we don't want Drew Brees. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he literally said that. By the way, he was like, no. He's, he's like, not on my show. <laughs> yes. 
Seriously, every other every other place is pushing away to get the the uh, future the, the future Hall of Famer. Not on not on here. Uh, but in any event. Why don't you tell us about the, uh, the the minor breaking Eagles news we have since we last? Spoke. Yeah, so a few minutes ago, uh, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN reports that Brian Johnson, the former Eagles offensive coordinator, is going to Washington in an un uh, you know uh, we don't yet know the title, but in a senior offensive role. We'll be working with with Cliff Kingsbury there, but staying in the, in the division. Curious to see who uh, his quarterback is. Also, shout out to Tim McManus. Always give credit where it's due. Uh, last night on my walk back to the hotel, Tim had breaking news. The Eagles are adding Titans inside linebackers coach Bobby King to the Eagles staff. Bobby King had been with the Titans, was with the Chargers, I believe, overlapped with the Chargers while uh, overlapped with Nick Sirianni with the Chargers there. So uh, that defensive staff starting to fill out and we'll see what moves are coming down as well. And also Roy Eastvon leaving the, leaving the nest. I didn't see that. Yeah, he's going to Cleveland to be the assistant uh, offensive line coach there. Roy Eastvon is is uh, respected by those O-linemen. Played, I believe, played for Stoutland at you know, Central Connecticut State, if my memory is correct. Mm. And one of the uh, coaches on the roster whose initials are a state abbreviation. Who are the others? You said he's one of. Yeah. Well, so presumably, well, yeah, if, if, well but not presumably. Think about it. By definition, if you're one of, there's the. Yeah. There, okay. There well, I can let me pull up the coaching staff. Okay. Uh, while you do that, uh, let's let's just continue to paint the picture because when we're here, these shows are a little different than when we're back at home. At, at home, we're in the in the studio. Here, it's, it's 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 like we're in the wild. Your head has to be on a swivel because you see so many people coming through. So uh, I will keep you abreast on the uh, on the different people. I just saw Alex Singleton walk Well, by. you had DJ Elliott before okay. he left. You know, DE. DE, yep. Um, while you're looking that up, let's... <laughs> We've we got so much to get to in this, and we just got dead air right now. Yeah, so so, so so, how about this? How about you look that up while we give our listeners uh, our no, first I interview? Just, I think it was just T.J. Elliott and Roy Eastman. Okay, our first interview from yesterday, which was a really good one, and that one is? Do you know? The, the, the first one is DeAndre Swift, right? No. No, Donovan McNabb. No. No. Tory Smith. Yes. Yes. Okay. The first, I didn't know this the sequence that. It's because you, you weren't listening. You weren't interested when we talked about the rundown before the show. No, I was prepping for the show. Okay. I was prepping for the show. The first one is Tory Smith. Bo did a great job tracking him down. Tory Smith sat where Bo is sitting now. We talked. Well, you'll hear what we talked about. Fun interview. Here you go. Hello, everybody. We are back on the PHLY Eagles show, joined by Tori Smith. The people who watched the show uh, yesterday will have known this uh, the saga. We finally got you in the in the table. How are you? <laughs> Good. How you doing? Good. I mean, we're we're here. We are an Eagles show at the Super Bowl, and I think when people think of Eagles Super Bowl, I'm thinking about Tori Smith. What do you do with your ring? 
I left at the hotel. This is the time you're supposed to wear yeah, your rings. Yeah, flash that thing off. I had, yeah, I had my rings, and then um, I put lotion on my hand before I walked out the door. <laughs> I left it. I hope it's there. It wouldn't fall on my hand and yeah, that's dry a big, that's a big tip for. Uh, I, that's the, for when I leave here. The yeah. first thing I'm doing is going to my hotel room to make sure my rings. It's all of a sudden on, it's on eBay next to that <laughs> water bottle. Who knows? So, so you have two Super Bowls, yep. okay? Which one, when like in, in terms of word association, when I say Super Bowl, is it the Eagles one that comes to mind or the Ravens one? that comes to mind um for sure the first one with the ravens but i'm not i'm and i'm gonna get my disclaimer this is yeah. not a political answer <laughs> yeah okay this is not a political answer so the first time uh when i was in baltimore we lost in the afc championship game yep. our rookie year second year we go back we win the super bowl um but that season my brother had passed away mm. uh my family we have never been on a family vacation or anything like that so i had all of them down there in new orleans for the super bowl and it was a good experience for my family um celebrate with them on the field afterwards fast forward to philly Coming from San Fran, tough, tough couple of years. We win uh, in Philly, and then I'm celebrating. I have two kids, so like it's just two yeah, different two perspectives. Stages of life, yeah. yeah, two different stages of life. One, just one being young, and you know, one being a, a little bit older and having those kids there. So uh, I appreciate them both in a, in a different way. From the Eagles Super Bowl, when you think of the game itself, what is like the most vivid memory you have? Oh man. Uh, so many, man. I, I, I could go from, I had a helmet catch. I've never had that before. Yeah. Um, I remember Foles throw to the back of the end zone to Corey. To Corey. Man, that gotcha. was a dime. I was like, man, that was crazy. And then I had the best seat in the house on a Philly special. So, That's right. Uh, that was, that was uh, uh, for sure, the, the moment to remember from that game. And I know you've been asked about that play a million times. But, like, when the call comes in, and you hear Nick say this is what it is, are you like, uh-oh, here oh, it shit. is. It's about to happen. You know what I mean? It's like, like it was don't crazy. Flinch, don't flinch. I'm like, man, is y'all serious? Like, yeah. it's fourth. All right, let's go. Like, I'm like, all right, coach playing a win. Let's go. Um, but I think for it to work out the way it did, um, I mean, that's obviously a, a legendary play in NFL history. It's pretty cool. No in your mind, it. what's the most important play from that game? Because I, I can jog your memory with a few, but I'm, uh, I'm curious, without doing that, which one jumps to mind? Uh, I mean, I think that Philly special in uh, Ertz' uh, fourth down conversion. I was going to say that, that fourth and yeah, two. It, yeah. yeah, Ertz' fourth down conversion is probably the play that people forget about. Exactly. But doesn't happen without that. So as you have uh, watched from afar, uh, I know you're keeping tabs on what's going on in Philly. Mm -hmm. Like, without being in the locker room, but knowing guys who were there, what do you make of the way things just sort of collapsed down the end of the stretch? Yeah, I just think sometimes, like, you know, everyone looks for a reason, and sometimes you just don't play good, right? Yeah. I, it's about being consistent, and I, I think even though they were winning, they were never really consistent overall. And so comparison, in comparison to the year before when they were very dominant, they were consistent. You could count on this one thing looking the same way basically every week, right? Not The guys aren't perfect, but you know the defense is going to be rock solid every single week. You know the offense, this is going to be the identity every single week. And I think it just never really came to life. And they were winning tough games. The year before, they were just stomping on people, yeah. right? And I think the margin between winning and losing in the league is always just a few plays. But I, And they, they came out on the, yeah, again, last year on that a lot more often than this year. So I never really panicked. 
Um, even then, I was still anticipating them to get it together during the playoffs because when we were in Baltimore the year we won the Super Bowl, you only mentioned the Super yeah. Bowl, right? Yeah. We started off eight and two or yeah. seven or seven, whatever it was, and then we it finished our season ten and six. Like we were the team that folks were like, what are they doing? They just had a meltdown. Da -da -da. And we ended up winning the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's possible. You know, the biggest thing is to give your chance, self a chance by getting in, and you want to be playing your best ball late. And we didn't do that in, Phil uh, in in Baltimore, and we were able to get it done. So I was like, based on our leadership, I really felt like they stood a chance at getting it done. But obviously, it did not come to life. But and, the, oh, go ahead. And, and I was I was gonna say that year, Eagles fans kind of looked at that. You guys fired Jim Caldwell, or, or, or I'm sorry, you fired your OC they and, did, yeah. and promoted Jim Caldwell. The Eagles were hoping that's what happened with their defensive coordinator this past year. It did not work out that way. But the season for, for Philly turned um, when Dom DeSandro uh, got ejected. Yeah. Uh, we have Fletcher Cox on the show every week, and <laughs> Fletcher gave us his best Dom DeSandro story. I'm curious, from your perspective, what's the best Dom DeSandro story you can share with us? Um, man, I don't really have a, a a one type of story from him, but Dom's the guy that, like, he knows every day going by. Like, yeah. if I ever have a problem in any if I needed a plumber, <laughs> or if I needed anything in the world i can call down like he knows everyone in philadelphia yeah. and like his personality um he's infectious i think he's just as much a part of that organization's culture as the coaches right like he's the therapist for so many guys on that team to help yeah. hold them together so i think uh i love it to death right even only being there that one year i view him like the a big brother to me you know somebody that you know you i know i can count on for sure but I think what he means to that locker room, I don't think people really understand it. You just view him as a security guy. But in, in my eyes, he is way much more than that. And in, to that, in our organization's eyes, he's, what, he's way bigger than that. You talk about the, the coaches and, and how much Dom means. But I'm curious, as the Eagles have made this turnover on the staff, you know, bringing in a new defensive coordinator, bringing in a new offensive coordinator, changing some of the position coaches, if you're a player in the building when that's happening, are you like – like texting with your buddies like oh you see who they brought in like what's your level of interest oh, yeah. and it's like you become a little fan you're reaching boy out to that guys point. who know them maybe yes, okay. absolutely how was this guy right. right it's like anybody who, who are the new people and what do you make of like how it's going to go with nick sirianni now sort of being ha having his wings clipped a little bit not being in charge of the offense what, what do you think the, the response from the players will be to that? I mean, the response for the players is always going to be the same, right? Whether Coach Sirianni is there or Coach Torrey Smith is their coach. They're trying to get paid, okay? Yeah. They want to win, and they're trying to get paid, so they're going to perform. Right. right. That's the thing. Do they respect you enough to get them to get better? And if that's the case, then absolutely you're going to be fine, right? And for this team, I think they've proven that they can be those guys. Right, they played at the highest level. They were just there. Yeah. Like, we're acting like this is a, y'all. I played on two sorry San Francisco teams. <laughs> we were sorry, right? We in Philadelphia are complaining about a team that was arguably the yeah. best team in the middle of the season. So it's like it's still right there. It's like I think it's just more so fine tuning and being consistent. So yes, the roster's probably going to change a little bit as well with coaches changes. Now it's about seeing how you build them with this new culture, because you're going to be hearing a different voice, but at least the same leader is still there to kind of help set the tone. So, I mean, I'm excited for the change for them. I mean, you have no choice but to be excited for it, right? Had they brought him back, 
Yeah, can you imagine y'all two right now on air? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, they had to do it because of y'all, right? Now I'm just saying. That's exactly no, but, right. like, all jokes aside, like, when it comes to the fan base, and I think uh, Mr. Lori and, and has done a good job of, of kind of reading the room, it's like sometimes even if the same coaching staff would have got it together and, and had a better year, sometimes you have to make change to – to, to speed that progress up a little bit for to keep from outside noise being a distraction because the minute you lose doubt of the people that are leading you in the locker room, and sometimes that's poured in from outside sources, mm -hmm. right, you have real problems. And I think having a fresh start was probably what's best for kind of everyone there. And I'm glad they kept, kept Coach Seriano because he's done a pretty good job. Last one for me. Uh, you said only only one year in infield with the Eagles, but you have family in the area. We see you around a mm -hmm. lot. What's what's the role of Philly in your life? Oh, man, I love it, man. I'm up there all the time. Um, like I said, my folks, uh, my in-laws are from Concha Hawkins. So uh, before I was in Eagle, I was in that area. And I have a bunch of kids on my 707 team on level 82 that are uh, from North Philly and then and, and, uh, out west. So we got kids at LaSalle. Uh, got kids from Germantown uh, high school, so some of the better kids in the area come down with us. So I'm up there, heavily committed, and uh, you know, again, I love it there. And I, I love the people there too. The people have always been great to me. Um, my favorite thing about the people in Philadelphia is that I played there, did not play there for my first what six, seven years, uh, six years in the league. Used to go to the same restaurants, same everything. <laughs> all of these years, folks barely said a word to me. Then when I signed to the Eagles, the next day it's like, hey. I'm like, hey, did y'all hate me because I didn't play here or what? <laughs> but um, it's always really cool, man, to come back. And honestly, to see something little that stands out is seeing, like, when you walk into the stores or the different delis or, or get a cheesesteak from somewhere, like, that Super Bowl sticker is in every yeah. kind of space around. So it's like a good little memory to, to know what it meant to the people in that city. Well, Tori, thank you so much for taking the time. I would say one of the most impactful one-year Eagles careers. <laughs> we really appreciate that. Appreciate back with that. more on PHLY, the Eagles show. All right, we are back on Radio Row and a very pleasant surprise as we're walking around. I mean, Zach over here is like nobody loves Philly football players more than Zach. And you got the Syracuse connection. We got Zaire Franklin. And it's a Z as well. It's like three and things. And a Z. Yeah. Walter Payton, Man of the Year nominee. How are you? I'm good, man. How you guys doing today? We're doing very well. well let's let's talk Philly football because yes, that's what it. that's what Zach wants to do. You want to start with your your top five question? Yeah. So, I'm I've I've been brainstorming top five Philly players in the NFL. What's your in ranking? your mind? Are you doing current or? Yeah. Let's let's do active players. So active, active players. Active players. Uh, and it has to be their NFL performance. So it can't like like for instance, if we were doing this a few years ago, Sharif Floyd was outstanding oh, yeah. in high school, I love but didn't have the same NFL career. He did. Yeah, he had an injury and that just knocked okay. it off. But uh, I, fair but enough, fair enough. I'm with you, though. Thank you for protecting him. That's good. No, for sure. Uh, dang. So not in any order because I got to think about what it got. I got to go uh, Pitts. Yes. For sure. Um, and in uh, your mind, are you sticking to just the city? Yes, Philadelphia. You have okay. to be in Philadelphia. I have to okay. know that you're from Philly. You okay. went to high school at LaSalle, though. It's I, not. That's not in Philly per se. But I'm so, from North Philly. Okay, fair enough. So, so it's so it's yeah. it's where you're from as opposed to where you go to high school. Yeah, because Pitts is okay. from Philly, but he yes. went to Archbishop Wood, which yep. is in in uh, Warminster. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh, I would say. I feel Pitts. like I need to step back so you guys can <laughs> have this conversation. Pitts, uh, probably DeAndre Swift for mm -hmm. sure. Um, dang, Philly boys. Want me to give you some Yourself? Christian Barmore? Oh, I love Barrymore. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Christian for sure. Uh, dang, I'm blanking on. I know Nunu's in uh, from Philly. 
Uh, I feel like about, I'm missing somebody. I just saw DJ Moore come oh, through. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. DJ Moore. DJ yeah, Moore. Yeah, for sure, DJ Moore. Okay. Um, I don't know why I'm blinking like this on Philly guys, though. I, I'm, I'm always sharp on a, I mean, obviously, we got one coming in in Marvin Harrison. Yes. I asked Swift this yesterday. Who is, when you were in high school, who was the best guy you played against? The best guy that I played against in high school? I'm going to be honest. It probably was uh, his teammate, Alameda Zacchaeus. Yes. We played him in a championship game. He took a punt back, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. We ended up beating him in overtime, but he scored all eight points. In the championship game, Pretty but nominated Zacchaeus was ridiculous at St. Joe's Prep, so shout out to him. So tell us about like getting nominated for Walton Payton, Walter Payton Man of the Year. Uh, how much of like how much pride do you take in, in getting that kind of recognition? Man, it just means a lot. Uh, you know, obviously just thankful, you know, that I was able to be in this position, but you know, it's really just a combination of a lot of hard work, a lot of work that I've done in Philly, uh, Indianapolis, uh, just trying to help out the kids and give them opportunities that I didn't have. And you got your own podcast as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the Trenches, for sure. Trenches podcast, uh, you know, uh, partner with Joe Button and JBP. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we got our thing going on. New episode dropping on Friday uh, with T.Y. It's going to be a little spicy. It's going shake to the, shake the, uh, ruffle the feathers of a lot of Colts fans out there. Okay. Ooh, the, uh, so that's the, a good tease problem, right there. Yeah, that's a great tease. The problem is, like, uh, you got like, like football players started their own podcast is so great because it's giving the real perspective, right? That, sure. that you wouldn't get from our side. But you guys are way better at podcasting than we are at playing football. <laughs> it's not speak fair. for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a little transit. But I mean, I, I guess it is. But it ain't. I mean, some people do get on pods and just pretty much use it to talk about themselves, which I can't be mad at. You know, you make sure, your own yeah. platform, do your own thing. But I know you got to get going in a minute. But I do want to ask you about. I, I, it must have been such a weird thing for you, and I know you've talked about it yeah. that day in Philly, yes. you know, you and Jason Kelsey in, in training camp at Little, you know, that I wouldn't say Little, that was like a, I've never seen anything like it. You being home and that happening, that must have been such a weird experience for you. Why would it be weird for me? I don't know. You tell me. I mean, I'm, Just like I'm, you're I'm, going I'm, up against like the hometown team and all of a sudden there's like all this, uh, all this drama. <laughs> or do you think that's overblown? Nah, I mean, I'm going to just say I'm glad my brothers wasn't there because they probably would have jumped the fence. <laughs> they, they had just so happily missed it, but uh, I mean, I was comfortable. You know, I've been playing in Philly my whole life, so right. you know, he just renting. I own it. So Ooh, it I like that. I like that. Yeah. I appreciate it, it because we're at every training camp practice, and, and, and you made it interesting for us, right? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like how many times do we need to see seven on sevens? You, you spiced it up, right? I love, I love joint practice. I got to stop, man. I get in a huge fight every year. <laughs> my, uh, one of my best friends told me they said every year I get in a huge fight. I have a great year, though. So he said, whoever we joint practice with, watch this year, out. I got to start a yeah. Line clearing ball. No, so, so real quick, Kerry Williams, when he used to play for the Eagles, yeah. he got in a fight with uh, the Patriots before practice, and the cool thing for him was he got to get kicked out of practice, so he didn't have to do the practice. It was a hot day, and it's 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 like a veteran trick. If, if you want the day off, get in a fight early in practice. Well, no, yes and no. <laughs> uh, I mean, the fines and, uh, and all the other stuff that come with uh, it, too. Okay. And, and it's, mm. it's a little slick. Honestly, I feel like joint practice to me, uh, you know, outside of, like, the fisticuffs that come yeah. with it. But I feel like it's the best chance to really compete and compare yourself against guys, you know, across the league. Like, uh, I was just really looking forward to it. Obviously, we had two joint practices this year, one against Chicago, one against Philly. And, like, they say iron sharpen iron. That's the best chance you get to truly compete, you know, one-on-one. Because you could play in a game and not really have a chance to really evaluate yourself against another great 
players. So playing against, you know, DeAndre Swift, playing against DJ Moore, playing against Justin Fields, playing against Jalen Hurts, it was like a, a true good uh, uh, chance to really compete and, and work on your craft going into the season. Because in joint practice, you could run your schemes, you could run your plays, um, because that film's not going anywhere. When you play in this preseason game, y'all playing cover one, cover two, cover yeah, three. Y'all ain't yeah. doing nothing special. Y'all, it's actually harder to play in preseason games because they take all your checks and everything that you actually practice out of you actually playing the defense that you never played That's <laughs> in a preseason game. So uh, the, I appreciate your practices a lot. I think it's honestly the best chance to get better. And last thing before you go, sorry, uh, Shane Steichen, Eagles fans, very familiar with him. We're happy with Shane moving forward. Good guy. Yeah. No, Shane's the man. I know Philly fans is hating. I know they miss him. I know they miss him, <laughs> but he, he's ours now. One quick 10-second question. You're back in Philly for 24 hours. Where are you eating? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I just went to Budokan. Oh, my okay. God. Ooh. You went to Budokan? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. That, that calamari salad. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Budokan is elite, or State right. 48 for sure. There, well, there you go. go. <laughs> Good advice from Zaire Franklin. Let's talk now to another Philly football player. DeAndre Swift joined us yesterday. Let's watch that now. Yes, sir. Good luck on Hello, Sunday. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Radio Row. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, joined now by the man himself, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre, how, how you doing? Welcome to the Super Bowl. I'm good, I'm good. How you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. You just got here, and you are here because you got a big game tonight, a big tournament. Tell us about the Battle of the Paddles yes, sir. that yes, you were sir. doing. I'm excited for the night. Uh, representing Todd and the PNG, Battle of the Paddles. Um, get to play a little bit of ping pong tonight. How's your game? It's okay. It's good. I've been playing for about two years now. Started in the okay. locker room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, okay. it's in the locker room. Yeah. Jake Elliott is like the top of the totem pole, mm -hmm. right? Who else is in the mix? Um, on the team, uh, Terrell Edmonds was pretty good before he got traded. I okay. know Kenny Gainwell, solid. Um, mostly all the old linemen. Yeah, you know, yeah. Isaac Sayamala used to be good, but, but he left. I know Noah Tangiai plays a lot, mm -hmm. the uh, the tight end, but I'm excited to see what you got. You got, like, Trevor Lawrence, anybody yeah. you're looking to play against? Saquon I, just, I just saw the lineup, yeah. Um, I, Jamal Williams is going to be there looking to play. A lot I of beat, running backs. I beat him before, so we could. I want to play him again. Okay. Um, I want to see what Saquon got. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what they got. All right. Now, uh, Zach here has been, you know, pounding the DeAndre Swift drum for a long time. He loves Philly guys. Mm -hmm. We know you're from right over there, yeah. uh, from all the way over in Philly. How did this season go for you being the hometown guy? Uh, it, it was a blessing, man, just be able to, to play for your hometown where you grew up at. That opportunity doesn't present itself um, very often. So to be able to, to go in that locker room with them type of guys and that organization, be able to compete week in and week out and build relationships. and. Um, it, it, it was it was a year to remember for me, and I um, just wish we could have kept it going. Wish we was, wish I wasn't here right now on this, on this radio station. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, it, it was a good year. I spoke to you a few weeks ago about what you proved this year, and one thing you mentioned was playing every game was significant to you. Uh, why was that significant to you? And obviously, going into free agency, what do you think you showed the rest of the, of the league about yourself? Um, first and foremost, I think I still got a lot to show, um, but. Um, Playing in every single game this year, I knew it was a lot of questions going into this year as far as injuries and things like that, things that I've dealt with in my career in Detroit, missing a couple games at a time. Um, but I know that was a that was a little notch on my name. So even, even play, playing in every single game was one of my goals this year. So I know when I'm available, uh, the sky's the limit. What is your, like, opinion on running back valuation in free agency, like the fact that for whatever reason, you guys do not get paid probably what you deserve to get paid as you enter free agency. Um, like you said, for whatever reason, it is the way it is right now. Um, it's, it's sad, I would say, um, to not see the guys uh, get 
what I think they deserve yeah. for what we get asked to do. We get asked to do a lot, you know what I mean? But um, it's kind of like it is what it is. I don't really know what to say on it, give my opinion on it. I can right. give my opinion on it, but it's not really going to change. You feel like you've got a lot left? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm just getting started. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Training camp, most of the questions were about you catching the ball. Yeah. And yeah. then you go on, you have your first 1,000-yard rushing season. Yeah. Uh, what do you think you showed as a runner? And then how much more is there in your game than the way you were used this year? I feel like there's a lot more in my game. Um, a lot more in my game that I can um, that I can showcase. Um, but I feel like I showed a different element of my game this year, being able to do whatever I'm asked to do. And that was kind of my mindset going into it, not being used so much in the past game or whatever. Um, try to affect the game in different ways in any way I'm asked to do and I feel like I can do whatever I am asked to do I do think that you know I'm not going to make you answer for why the team you know lost so many games at the end of the season and how all that stuff could happen but I do feel like as good as you were as a runner you as a receiver out of the backfield was a thing that was probably underutilized in the offense this year you don't need to throw anybody under the bus but did you feel like you could have been used a little bit more in that capacity uh like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the type of guy that uh, whatever I'm getting asked to do, I'm going to make that my thing okay. whatever, throughout the whole year. Um, yes, I could have been used a little bit more in the past game, but I don't call the plays. Right. So whatever I'm asked to do, I'm going to try to master that. Okay. Try to affect the game in that way. And now, we, go ahead. And now you're drafted in the, in the second round. You were traded, but you haven't yet experienced free agency. So you've experienced every side of the business part of the NFL except free agency. What are these next few months like for you trying to figure out where you're going? Or I, I, I shouldn't say where you're going next, if you'll stay or if you go somewhere else. Uh, just, just, just a waiting game from my understanding. Like, it's my first time in this position. Um, so I'm kind of learning how, as the days go by, just waiting, um, focus on what I can focus on, control what I can control. That's training, making sure I'm um, taking the right rest time, um, making sure I'm ready for whatever call happens and uh, go from there. Important off-the-field question for you. I need your reaction because we talked to Devontae Smith last week, mm -hmm. and we know that he is like the best-dressed guy on the team. But we asked him, who is the second-best-dressed guy on the team? Mm -hmm. He said you. I, I appreciate that, Smitty. That mean a lot. I <laughs> mean a lot. I would say I'm first, but uh, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. We got a couple guys on the team that know what they're doing. Yeah. And, and now his explanation was that you're more of a street clothes guy. He's more of a suit guy. Yeah. Is that an accurate assessment? A hundred percent. I'm kind of more chill. He, he definitely gives you a, a lot of suits, a lot of good suits. And, and now speaking of uh, power rankings, okay, uh, Bo made the joke earlier that I have an affinity for players from Philly, people who I, I watched when they were growing up or I was older watching them in high school. Um, we spoke to Matt Ryan yesterday. We, we always kind of point out different players from Philadelphia who get drafted or signed. What's your top five uh, Philly area football players? Ooh, good from question. Philly or played in Philly? From Philly. From Philly. Or from the, let's say, Philly area. So South Jersey's included, Philly suburbs are included. Okay. Um... Not including myself? You can include yourself in there. Yeah, I'm going to throw me in there. No okay. order, though. I'm going to throw me yeah. in there. Um, Matt Ryan. Um, I'm going to go Micah. He's from the PA area. Okay. Michael Parsons. Stretching it to Harrisburg, but that's fine. That's too far? Yeah. Okay. That's okay. We'll count that. Um, we'll count that. Who else? Um, you got Kyle Pitts in there. Kyle Pitts for sure. Then I'm going to go. Hassan. Hassan yeah, from South Hassan Jersey. From Camden. That's my five right there. Okay. Yeah, that's my five right there. No Zach Berman. <laughs> I'm going guys that I personally know. Who was the best player you played against in high school? Ooh. Um, played a lot of good people in high school. Uh, let me think. Um, 
Demar Hamlin was good in high school. Demar Hamlin, he's real good now. Yeah. But Demar Hamlin played with Pittsburgh Central Catholic. We always kind of ran into each other later on in the um, state championship run. Demar Hamlin was real good in, in high school. Okay. Now, I mean, I guess the last thing is like, you think we're going to be seeing you in an Eagles uniform next season? <laughs> Put you on the spot. Only, only time would tell. I, I would, I would love to be. Be an eagle again. I would love to. So uh, my last one. Anyone who follows Philly high school football remembers your announcement video. Okay, when you're going <laughs> yeah. to Georgia, mm -hmm. are you going to have an announcement video this year when you decide <laughs> when you decide as a free agent? No, not at all. Not at all. That was a good video. No, it was. Bleacher Report did a great job with that video. Great job. I feel like them times is over. You know what I got? There is one other thing I got to ask you about. We talked to Malik Herring on uh, media night, and he was telling us the story of you doing like donuts. In the, yeah. in the oh, courtyard on, on, yeah. on the or something like that. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was you want to set the record straight there? Yeah, I, um, it was like a little, not a little motor, it's like a little moped. We was outside in the uh, outside our uh, our little our apartments or whatever. And I was just doing donuts. Ended up taking a little bad fall. That's all right. Yeah. You bounce back. Yeah, get back up. Try again. There you go. All right. Well, DeAndre, good luck tonight. The battle of the paddles with P and G. You can watch it on their YouTube channel at eight o'clock tonight on uh, on overtime. So good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you. Keep keep the backhand strong. We're going that. There you <laughs> gotcha. go. All right. Back with more here on PHLY. <laughs> all right. Our Philly Philly episode rolls on as we talk now about our most Philly sponsor. And that is Philly Sports Trips. It's got Philly in the name. We've had a great week here at the Super Bowl, and you can have a great week as well, or maybe even longer, because you can go down to Clearwater with Philly Sports Trips for our very first PHLY spring training takeover. Hang with Philly's legend, Charlie Manuel. Philly Sports Trip plans out the whole experience from flights and hotels to game tickets and transportation. You can spend St. Patrick's Day on a private yacht with a catered dinner and drinks. You can live the way that Zach Berman lives. Be on the lookout for more events throughout the year with Philly Sports Trips, plus the Super Bowl party for the fans out here in Vegas. And True Fran Travel will be hosting their own tailgate at Daylight Beach Club. Visit truefan.travel for more information. The trip for spring training is March 13th to 18th, so don't wait to book. Head to allphly.com slash events to learn more and book your trip and have the wonderful opportunity to see Jamie Lynch's legs in those shorts in person. Nothing better. So I, I enjoy being on the road, but the one downside is I'm not eating healthy. And so when I get back home, I need to start eating healthier. And, and, and where do I do that? With Factor Meal Kits. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, uh, uh, and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. There's over 35 different options a week. There's, so there's one for Bo, one for Julia, one for Andrew. I can keep going around the room. You have keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrient-packed add-ons that help make your
your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash eagles50 and use code eagles50 to get 50% off. That's code eagles50 at factormeals.com slash eagles50 to get 50% off. And once again, we are here on Super Bowl Radio Row for the PHOI Eagles show presented by Factor Meal Kits. You can head to factormeals.com slash eagles50 and use code eagles50 to get 50% off. So what's your uh, what's your top five <laughs> oh, that's, Eagles players? That's so hard. I mean, Philly football players. Yeah, Philly football players. Active. That's, that's hard. And my definition, by the way, is different than Zaire Franklin's. You don't have to live within the city limits or go to school within the city limits. The And I say it this way because I used to do this type of thing every draft uh, for the Philadelphia Inquirer. So we included the Philadelphia Inquirer's coverage area. So that included South Jersey. That included the the the, uh, the Philadelphia suburbs. But it, it didn't go as far as, like, Harrisburg. It didn't go down the Delaware. It didn't go, like, deep That's into Martin New Jersey. That's territory. Yeah, so so I include the Inquirer coverage base, and I, I could give you, like, the exact counties. And we don't do, do you that. think you could take us through your, like, Starting from the day that you joined the Eagles beat, mm -hmm. give me the the all 22. Can you go? Are there? Are, could you fill out a full roster of Philly guys? Ooh, I mean, if you gave me a few minutes here, who's but, the best Philly quarterback of your time? Well, either either Matt Ryan or Joe Flacco. Uh, let's go with Matt Ryan. Yeah, I think you got to go Matt okay. Ryan. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Matt Ryan won an MVP. Uh, so let's let's go Matt Ryan. Uh, running back, you know, you got. DeAndre Swift, but you also have Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I would mm. probably go Jonathan Taylor there. I mean, um, DeAndre Swift is nice enough to spend 10 okay. minutes with us. Well, and no. by the way, uh, DeAndre Swift, we talked about his uh, the Battle of the Paddles. You can watch that. You can watch that whole event on the Overtime YouTube page. See how he did last night. See how he fared. I believe he did not win, but that's that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it. I think it came down in the end to uh, Trent Taylor and Dustin Hopkins. Okay. Good stuff. D like the oh, Dustin Hopkins. Okay, I think I think those yeah, are the finalists. Yeah, nice, nice. That's a good group. Um, so I'm going to go with, with two running backs. I'm going to go Swift and Taylor, okay? Uh, my wide receivers. You love that 22 personnel, the 21 personnel. Yeah, well, we're going to go one tight end. Well, let's go Kyle Pitts at tight end, of course. Uh, let's go with at wide receiver. DJ Moore and Will Fuller. Okay. I think you can. I, th I think you can already make it Marvin Harrison Jr. I can. Okay. Even though he's not. Okay. Yeah. Let's go Marvin Harrison Jr. and DJ Moore. Will Fuller does not make the cut. Although, uh, always enjoyed talking to Will Fuller. Always enjoyed talking to Jalen Strong. Uh, that's probably a better example than Shree Floyd. Jalen Strong was mm -hmm. a really good college player and high school player. Did not necessarily. Here's the tough one though. Can you get? Can you get an offensive line? We can go Mike McGlinchey. We, we can go Mike McGlinchey at, at right tackle. Um, the rest of the offensive line, you can go Justin Pugh. You can go Justin Pugh. You can go Ryan Bates at center. Um, but uh, you know, you can. I, I I would really need to. Where's uh, Deion Dawkins the, from? Oh uh, yeah, we can include Deion. There is a good one, Deion Dawkins. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's 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 keep rolling here. Let's let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you obviously you got Hassan Reddick. Um, Sean Phillips was a good one. Uh, he, he was an edge rusher for the Broncos. Um, you go you go, uh, Christian Barrymore. You go with Tier Tart. 
at defensive tackle. Mm. Like that linebacker, there's Zaire Franklin. Um, it's, let's, I mean, Kevin Byard at safety. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I really need to, uh, Chuck Clark at safety, there's one. So I need to think of my corners, but that's a, that's a pretty good team right you there. You work on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll work on that. That's a pretty good team. What did you uh, think of the Swift interview? I thought it was interesting. Uh, I, you know what? I, I like that he, he he's not willing to sh he's not like going to shy away from the fact that yeah I mean they could have used yeah. him more out of the backfield yeah. and I still think that's one of the big things that was missing from the offense in addition to like the you know absence of motion and not being able to beat the blitz like yeah. structurally that was a thing that that should have been there all along. Do you think he's back? I don't. Uh, I, I think the Eagles are going to continue to go inexpensive at that position. But I think Sorry, Swift. No, no Drew Brees, no. <laughs> I think Swift's we don't want him. I think Swift's worthy of a contract. Uh, I think Swift's a really good player, and I think it would benefit the Eagles if they re-signed him. I just don't know where that's where they're going to allocate money. I think if he came back, it's on a, a deal that's more conducive to the Eagles than more conducive to Swift. All right. Well, uh, we have, I believe, Kalen Kaler, who's going to join us in a few minutes. But before we get that, uh, we said no Drew Brees, but that doesn't mean no great quarterbacks of the 2000s coming on the PHOY Eagles show. As longtime listeners will appreciate, let's just toss to this with one word and one word only. Five! You never know who you're going to run into at Super Bowl Media Row. And we have Donovan McNabb here. Donovan, first of all, how are you? How's, how's everything going? Doing outstanding. Everything is good. Just enjoying the, uh, the festivities, so to speak. Um, do my podcast and then see some old familiar faces uh, as I walk around here. Uh, but... Now that I'm not, I'm ready to go and work out and get something to eat. All right. Well, we will, we will keep it quick. I do want to ask you about Jalen Hurts. Yeah. We were there in the locker room after the regular season game in Arizona last year Ooh. between the Eagles and the Cardinals, and you came in, and you, you and Jalen had a bit of a conversation. I think it's probably fair to say that nobody in the world understands what Jalen Hurts is going through right now <laughs> more than you do in terms of the media coverage. <laughs> I think you know the answer to that. So what, from your vantage point, what is like the most important thing for him this offseason? Well, just clear his head. I think for all of us who kind of go through seasons where you hide and seasons where it kind of dumps and you're just kind of preparing yourself. I think for for Jalen, the thing that I try to talk to him with is just kind of stay in the moment. Stay in the moment, understand what has led you to this point, what you can clean up, and get back to your preparation. And so for him, he's he's like me, just kind of put your nose on the ground and grind. And, you know, his offseason will consist of getting his body together, getting in shape, make sure he's ready and, and ready to throw and ready to, ready to learn. But the thing that's different this year is he's got to learn a new offense. And so he's learning uh, an offense that Kellen Moore has had with Dak Prescott, you know, Justin Herbert. And so now the comparisons are going to come with those two particular guys for him. And it's not going to be so much of what it's been before. So he understands that, I think, now. And, I mean, if they don't have good season this year, then, I mean, other heads are going to start to roll over there in Philly. And obviously your time in Philadelphia was with Andy Reid. The right. offense never really changed right. that much. We sort of talked about last season, it was Jalen's first year getting to play in the same offense for the second time since he was in high school. And they went to the Super Bowl. Now he's got to change it again. How, how difficult do you feel like that will be for him? It's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult. And I think a lot of people aren't going to understand it. They're just going to wait for the result. Um, and so it takes time and patience. And for 
you know, Jalen, it's really, you look at it because it's comparable to what Kellen Moore had in Dallas. Only thing is, now is he going to run the ball more? You know, because that was the whole thing why Mike McCarthy took over in Dallas, because he wanted to establish the run more. And so that was the whole thing that kind of faltered a little bit in Philly toward the end was they kind of almost abandoned the run as much. When you got a running back that's got over 1,000 yards rushing. Like DeAndre Swift had his best career, best year in his career, and he was healthy enough where he, he can get out there and compete. So I think for Kellen Moore, that's something that he's going to have to take on because this ain't Dallas and this ain't California. If, if you think about Andy Reid, 25 years ago last month he was hired. Yeah. 25 years ago in April Golly. you were drafted. See, <laughs> see how loose he said that? <laughs> I knew it, but... <laughs> Yeah. And, and I, I ask that because you look at the past 25 years of Eagles history, it doesn't look like the 25 years before that. The infrastructure that, that kind of you and Andy put in place 25 years ago, how much do you think that played a part in what's happened during this, this quarter century? Oh, it was a major, it was a major uh, help for him to understand how to retool, how to improve, and things to eliminate. And so... It's funny because we talk about it all the time, he and I, and it's just kind of like, he's like, the only reason that this has been successful here is because of what we've done in Philly. Uh, and I go, well, what do you mean? He's like, what did I start with? It's like, started with a quarterback. Then what did I go with? Offensive line, D-line. Uh, what was kind of the options after that? It was like skill position guys. And he's like, the things that we weren't able to complete, I understood what I did wrong and I, I'm doing it here. And I'm like, well, that helps me out. Like, you know. But, again, I could have aided more in that. Um, but that's what Patrick has understood. And Patrick only knows one way because Patrick has only been with Andy. And so I knew one way because I was just with Andy. So our methodical approach was very similar. Changed every now and then, but it was very similar. And so uh, that's why he's been very successful. That's why Patrick has been very successful. That's why the organization has been mentioned. And it's funny because you talk 25 years. We were probably second or third behind New England or maybe Indy uh, as far as a winning percentage and the success rate that we had in over a de decade. Here, it's been the same almost, but he's been number one. And so New England at that particular, well, it's funny because Tom was there for so long, but New England still, but then he's now moved to the number one spot in the success that he's had with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you got to get going, so one very last uh, one for you. How weird is it, we, we, we're all sort of trying to figure out how healthy Jalen Hurts is, right. when you are the guy and it's your body that everybody is talking about? Well, I mean, that happens with me being such a sex symbol. <laughs> uh, everyone talks about my it. body. Thank you so much, John. Uh, you know, uh, but you know what? It's, it's what else can they talk about? Yeah. And that, I do Philly radio every Monday or Tuesday if they play Monday night, and I get tired of the questions of, well, you know, do you think that you know him his leadership qualities of not being vocal and. I'm like, you didn't say nothing about him the last couple of years. Why are you right. talking about his leadership? Everyone talked about how great of a leader he was. Well, do you think that he's not telling us how hurt he is? What player tells you how hurt he is? And so it's, it's either you're hurt or you're injured. And we're always going to be banged up. But, you know, we're not going to take ourselves out. And I think that's where, where Jalen was. Yeah, he was banged up a little bit, but he was healthy enough to play. It just didn't come to the result that he wanted. And this year be a little bit different. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. We took it all. We brought them to our land. 
An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, we're back on Radio Row. Kaylin Kaler is here. She has her food. She's uh, she's deciding, debating whether or not she's going to eat while I read these ads. But it's actually a very thematically appropriate ad read that I have here now, Kaylin, because we're talking Bagels & Co., which are Brooklyn-style bagels made in Philly. And these are huge bagels. We're talking the biggest in Philly. They've got such a large variety, 15 to 20 different types to choose from daily. We're talking seasonal bagels. For instance, they're going to have a Valentine's Day bagel. What, what could be more romantic than bringing your sweetheart a Valentine's Day bagel on the morning of February 14th? They've also got a large cream cheese variety and schmears, and you know they are all about those affordable prices. This is a blue-collar bagel, people. So, for the best, Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, but, you know, we're in Las Vegas, but you know where we're from. Head to www.thebagelsandco.com slash store-locator to find the closest Bagels & Co. near you. I'm walking through Mandalay Bay earlier, and, I'm th I, and, and I see the beach club, and I'm thinking that's the perfect place for a pregame tailgate. Well, let me tell you something. True fan travel will be throwing their own tailgate party on Sunday in Vegas for the big game. And if you are a PHLY listener in Vegas for the week and are looking for an awesome experience to watch the game, True Fan Travel will be hosting a tailgate and watch party at Daylight Beach Club at Mandalay Bay within walking distance of Allegiant Stadium. This is the best place to be before and during the big game on Sunday. Five-hour premium open bar, all-inclusive package, fan favorite food options, private restrooms, outdoor heaters, DJ entertainment from 2 to 3.30, a great location, a short walk from the stadium with surprise guests to be announced, kind of like our show. Reserve your spot now to the all-inclusive VIP tailgate and watch party, or uh, and, and there's an option for private cabanas available. You must be 21 or older, but head to truefan.travel slash trip slash Super Bowl 2024 to learn more. All right, Kaylin, you ready? Yeah, you're I good. Just, I just swallowed. Okay, good job. <laughs> uh, so, Kaylin Kaler of The Athletic, our former colleague, uh, one of the true capital J journos covering oh the God. NFL. Stop. And I think more importantly for uh, our perspective, Queen of the Tush Push. Queen of the Tush Push, that's right. Yeah. I'm really, I'm not sleeping well at night because the last possible. What might have been the last, we've, we've talked about this, mm, what might have been yes. the last tush push with Jason Kelsey was a failure. And that yeah. doesn't sit well with me. Doesn't sit well with me. I can't go into the off season with that, you know, looming over me. Like, that's terrible. And if he looming retires. his career, yeah. Yeah, I mean. I think that that may maybe one, that'll be what brings him back. It might be. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because he's really. Where are you at turkey wise, that. Zach, right now on Jason Kelsey? Retiring versus not retiring. Yeah, what do you guys think? I'm at like 51 to 49. Uh, really? And retiring, but just because like everything that you hear or, or that we heard after the season yeah. is that he's not coming back. But 
he hasn't announced it. And I kind of think he might come he, back. And he's deliberate. That's why, well, I, I, I made it a coin flip. Well, yeah, I know. So, yeah. what, so Schefter's report, like... Mm, yeah, not a good report. That was kind of rude, well, come, well, you know. What do you mean, come on? That's not, it wasn't, it wasn't, there was no news to it. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, what, what was his exact phrase? His report was that he told the teammates after the game yeah. that he was going to, that it was his last game. Okay? Okay. Now, I, in the emotion. I mean, that could be true. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. I, I, in the emotion of the moment. Right. That is the case. Now, it's it's phrased in such a way that that doesn't, like, it was yeah. it was kind of taken to mean, like, that's his retirement announcement. Yeah, yeah. but he knows that that's how it's going to be taken. Right. Okay. But I'm saying, but like, fact. You don't get didn't to have it both ways, I don't think. You don't he, get to half report something. And he also didn't say according to, like, there was no right. source. Yeah, that's true. Right? It was just like teammate. It said he told teammate. You think he's teammates. got every locker room bugged? He might at yeah. this point. Like, I feel like it probably came from, like, an agent. A general manager? Like a, yeah, or I don't know. Yeah. Okay, we came from teammates. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, so that's interesting. That's interesting that you're like that close on the split. Like you really yeah, think, yeah, it's, really I think it's very much up in the air. I'll say in the locker room after after, after the game, that was the prevailing sentiment. Yeah. Right? Like I didn't report it as like told told teammates, mm -hmm. but teammates were talking after the game as if like this is Jason Kelsey's yeah. last game. Like I mean, I could recount my entire conversation with Lane Johnson after after, after the game, and it was like. It's a shame that Jason goes out like this, right? So it's like I imagine yeah. the sentiment you have when you just lose a playoff game and he's hugging Stoutland because I can believe he did not know yet or he does not know yet. Mm -hmm. Like he needs a clear yeah, mind. Process, to make that yeah, he wants to give it time. Yeah. yeah. And in case that is his last game, he's savoring that moment with his teammates, you know, with Jeff Stoutland. Um, so we'll see. I've I've been I was in that postgame locker room with with Bo after the New Orleans game in 2000 and well, January 2019. So you're thinking five years ago and he was asked then like are you going to retire yeah. right. every year this goes on and every year he does the same thing and not to take away from like any reporters or, 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 yeah. or whatnot but he's always asked in these interviews like so are you going to retire and and i always think he's you know he hasn't announced it yet but he's, he's waiting for your show to say yeah, i'm yeah, done yeah. right like right. like jason's gonna be very deliberate yeah. with how he announces yeah, he has it. lots of ways <laughs> yes. of reaching the public when yeah. he wants to make an announcement yeah, yeah. when <laughs> When he wants you to know, he'll you'll exactly, know. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I feel like he'll be, it'll be interesting, like, if he's hearing from networks right now. Because don't you think he would be kind of in high demand of, like, someone they'd want? Definitely. Oh, yeah. I've spoken to network executives yeah. about this. Yeah, is he, he here is. this week? Do you guys know? Yes, he he's here this yeah. week. Yeah. Wow. He, Has he, he walked he, through here yet? He taped his show the other day uh, with with Travis that came out today. He was playing blackjack last night. He was at U2 last night. Did he tape it in Radio Row? No, no. no. They, they had a they separate had place. They a separate yeah. secret location this yeah. time. Yeah, yes. last year they were, like, on Radio that. Row. Yeah. They are too famous for that now. I think that's right. Yeah. Because and Travis of, showed up like an hour late last year. It was hilarious. I remember you were doing that like, story. Yeah, which like 7,000 people read. Literally no one read that story. It was not 7, a good story. 7,000 people is a lot of people. Well, but it, <laughs> wasn't, it like, wasn't a good story. I wrote about the New Heights podcast, but like no one listened to the podcast last year. You Wait, know but I mean? are, are and now still, I don't think it was like the number one podcast year. last year. It just wasn't right. Swift level. Are they, yeah. too, are they too famous now because Kylie has become so popular? Is that Def why? Uh, okay. You know, uh, definitely. Okay. Just because of Kylie. 
it's Kylie's fame that brought this all yeah. on. Yeah, I'm going to give Kylie credit. Like, like she's doing, she all, so cool. she's doing all this media. She's doing great she's at it. She's very cool. Yeah, she's really good at it. And so. also, to Kylie's credit, like, taking advantage of the moment. A lot of good sponsored content on Kylie's Instagram. Yes. Now. She's, they're, they're raking it in. It's yeah. Good. No, but also, like, Which, I mean, if, if Jason's going to retire, you need those extra streams of income. You do. Yeah. yeah. No, no, she supported Which also, not for nothing, if he wants to play again, he's going to make, like, $14 million. Like... Well, isn't the timing of the like, it's it's just crazy that like they did the Amazon Prime documentary thing and then like Travis starts dating Taylor and then now they're like all I don't I, you're the a little whole, bit you're a little bit suspicious. Oh, you think there's a script a little, here? I don't know. It's just like all of these things on separate brothers happening like at the same time is interesting. I guess you could just say, oh, they were both in the Super Bowl last year. I mean, Maybe what it's I would, as simple as that. I think what I would say is if if the whole thing was planned and packaged. Yeah. Whoever did it nailed it. Nailed I mean, it. Like, nailed the delivery. What a, like they completely. Yeah. Like, they became like the two most famous players in the league. Well, I I yeah. can't I can't speak to Travis. Like I I don't know him well enough. But I can say from Jason's perspective, he's been deliberate about like trying everything he exploring as much as he can so he doesn't retire and looks around and is like what now like yeah he, so the stuff like the documentary um the podcast some of the media you know some of the corporate stuff that he's doing like it's it's very deliberate on on his end yeah yeah well th so wait going back to that touch push really quick i wanted to ask yes. you guys this that was the one where they grabbed Jalen's face mask, right? Yes. So that play really scared me on a lot of levels. Not really because I thought he was injured or anything, but because all of the reasons that people hate the tush push like, were evident in that play, which is it's hard to officiate yeah. because that wasn't called, yeah. right? Didn't get called because it's hard for the officials to determine like what's really happening. Good point. Yeah. They're so close. They're so low. Hard to see the action. So that was an argument to get rid of it right there because of the the difficulty in officiating it and then the the safety hazard of your quarterback getting his like head whipped around sure. there so i was like oh no like <laughs> this is i don't you know i could see that specific one being used as like a you think they're gonna get rid of it i don't think so i think yeah, i, I think, think that yet. moment has passed but i, I yeah, don't know i don't think so like i'm not getting the vibe that it's like as serious of a thing as it was this time last year mm. being like we must legislate this out of the game i don't get that vibe this year but that particular play i was like oh no they're gonna put that on the you know yeah. mountain of evidence and that's why we kept seeing all the like offsides calls this year in alignment because yes. they were that was like a point of emphasis for officials because very silly of how difficult thing. that is so when yeah. people were making a big deal this year about jason kelsey moving the ball yeah were, were you like why didn't you just read my story yeah, I, I tweeted it i was like hello yeah. hello just yeah. like uh i i was thinking a lot about your uh your story that like aaron Rodgers was so huffy about right. uh, uh about like how difficult it was to get young wide receivers involved in that offense. Yeah. He leaves, and the very next year, Same thing. their offense is unbelievable with all of these yeah. young wide receivers yeah. just being used correctly. Yeah, like week one, I was at Bears-Packers, and I was like, let me not overreact here because it's week one. But And, like, Jordan Love was not, like, the Jordan Love that he was right. at the end of the year. He was still, he was honestly, like, mediocre in the game. But, like, I went into the locker room post-game, and I'm just talking to the rookies, and I'm like, hey, how do you feel with Jordan? Because you could just, like, sense that, like, it was totally different. And I think there were, like, two different um, young receivers who had caught touchdown passes in that game, if I remember correctly. Um, and, so like, I, more and more kept coming as the season Yes, went and so I talked to them, and they were like, 
I'm like, have you earned his trust? Which was the exact same question that I asked the prior year about Aaron. Okay. And they were like, uh, of course, I've always had his, like, it was like, a, last year it was actually something he they had to think he about. He hasn't asked me to, like, inject ivermectin in front of him right. and, like, go, right. you know, go on a darkness retreat and right. talk about chemtrails. It's really freeing. So their whole, like, their whole, like, last year it was actually something they had to think about before they answered. This year they were like, that's a dumb question. Like, mm. of course. Like, we're on the same, he's trusting me the whole time. Like, we're the same age. Like, whatever. So that was really interesting. Um. And I've been trying to ask people around the league, like I, I, the thing that I really want to write about this off season, and I don't really think it's actually going to be a good story, but it's something good to debate. Um, it's just like, what is the best way to develop a quarterback? Um, once you pick the quarterback, and that's the, I mean, picking is also the hard part, but like, I think the real part is like, okay, you pick the guy, the guy could become the guy, but you have to make sure that that happens. So how do you develop a quarterback the right way? Because this season we saw Jordan Love, who sat for three years and who we saw improve as the season went on and, and became a great quarterback by the season's end. And then we saw C.J. Stroud, who just right away started, and nobody thought he was going to be good, and he just blew us all away. And so I'm trying to ask people just around the league of, like, what do you think is the best way to develop a quarterback? I talked to, like, both the backup quarterbacks here um, this week because they're both kind of victims of circumstance. Blaine Sam Gabbert, Darnold yeah. and Blaine Gabbert. Because Blaine, he goes— We have a Blaine Gabbert, uh, like, Josh McCown, name all your touchdown— so good. Passes a uh, video that'll come up on the YouTube so page. So good. That's so good. Um, anyway, go ahead. Blaine, the team was sold in like week eight of his mm, rookie yeah. year. He's like, yeah, in one team meeting, they fired the head coach and they sold the team. And I was like, damn. And he's like, yeah, consistency is the key. So both Sam and Blaine were like, you need to have the same people around the rookie. And I just think we keep seeing teams over and over and over again mess that up. So and Chicago I, well, it's is so about interesting. To do it again. It's so but. interesting, though, because it's it's hard to, to disentangle it, right? Because if the quarterback is good, then nobody's going to get fired, right? Right? Like, um, and the, in the and you can make the case for, okay, like Jordan Love got to sit for a long time, and that really helped him, and Patrick Mahomes got to sit for right. a year. Maybe that's the way to do it. But also, the reason that those guys were able to sit is because they were in healthy organizations right. that were able to be patient. So it, it, the chicken or the egg of it is right. very difficult. Right, and it's like the teams that are in the position to draft the quarterbacks high Suck. are already, they suck, yeah. and they're already, like, barely surviving. Yes. So, like, if I was the Bears, just using Chicago as an example, to escape that cycle, I would have fired everyone. Yeah. And then brought it, like, right. maybe you keep Ryan Poles, but, like, I would have fired the coaching staff just with the logic of, because that coaching staff is going into this season trying to save their jobs again, right? Like, I don't think Matt Eberflus is entering the season feeling, like, super secure right. in his job. So if they draft Caleb Williams or whoever the quarterback is, like, you know, it's just creating the situation where, like, the coaching staff needs them to play, needs them to play well right away, and there's pressure and you're rushing things. And so, I don't know, I just see it all playing out that way again. Yeah, so my read on that is I, I think that there's too much attention paid to the position and not enough attention paid to the player slash person. Right, like there are some, there are some quarterbacks who would be great independent of circumstances. Um, yeah. Whether it is the way they play, whether it's their mental makeup, right? Whether it's it's you know, then, then there's some people who need the environment around them. So I I don't think you know, and, and I think one of the mistakes that is made sometimes in coaching 
is to think that just because you coach player X this way, player X, not the draft prospect, yeah, player, yeah. just because you draft player X this way, that's the way to develop every player like that, right? right? And, right. And, and so I, and it's it's the same thing with quarterbacks. Like Patrick Mahomes would probably would probably be an outstanding player wherever he went, but he was, but um, I don't know. You don't think so? You think that? I, I, you think, Andy I think Reed, Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, I think. But yeah. I think probably he. I think he eventually, but yeah. I don't know. I think like if he was in, because if you watch his like like Texas Tech tape, yeah. I mean, he has matured so sure much. Sure, you wouldn't want to hire Cliff Kingsbury as your offensive no, coordinator. No, <laughs> like he's matured so much. So I don't know. I think I think yeah. probably ultimately you're right, but I do think like a team could have messed him up. Sure. It's also from the Eagles' perspective, the the question that uh, has plagued them is not how to develop a quarterback, but how to like maintain that development yeah. because we have seen, you know, we saw with Carson Wentz and like who knows what happened with Jalen Hurts this year. Sure. But now it seems like he's at an inflection point. Is he going to get back to two years ago or is it or is it going to sort yeah. of uh, stagnate like how do you continue to get the most out of that guy yeah are you, are you no, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm just, yeah. that, that that's the existential no, no, Eagles question, and it, and it's it it goes back to the player person too, right? Like sometimes conditions around the player changes, whether it's 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 their health and it affects certain things with them, whether it's the contract, uh, whether it's the people around them, whether it's how they're emboldened within the building or not emboldened, yeah. right? Like there's so much, you know the the thing that I've that I've realized being around the players for the last. 13 years is like how overly human these guys are yeah. right you know we talk about them as, as as if like they're programmable machines but like like these guys will feel Jaylen a slight sometimes talks like what <laughs> sure but these guys feel like slighted <laughs> yeah. by uh, a remark that a coach might say yeah. by a remark that a player might say like they are no different than anyone else and one thing can tilt their day or ruin their day just like that yeah what do you guys think of um, well, I have two Eagles questions. Okay, sure. I have one, one was, NFL question like, for you. So. And I have a player expert. Was Jalen <laughs> really hurt this year, like, more than we think he was? I don't think he was hurt less than we think he was. So, yeah. Okay. So, I, I I think that, uh, like, I I don't think that he like, was. Like, is he getting surgery this? I haven't followed closely. Like, is he I haven't heard the surgery. Then we, I, would be, I would be shocked if, if he's not getting anything done. Now, he did play in the Pro Bowl last, last week. So, I, I don't think the finger is the issue. I'm, I'm no, curious most about the knee. knee. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious most about the knee. Because I feel like yeah. what he was just so much less dynamic as a rusher yeah i mean i i from the eagles year. fans perspective i hope that he was injured because yeah. if he wasn't injured and, and the like the superpower of his running ability changing the offense was just taken out of the offense for other reasons that would be a concern that would be bad yeah. yeah and then my second question was okay so entering this year how is Sirianni's job security? Like, what's the sense that you got of, like, how... He needs to win this year. He's I mean, he, they, he got half-fired, essentially. Like, <laughs> right. So, I, I don't think he does. I don't yeah. think it's very no. secure, yeah. If, if they lose in the first round next year or they don't make the playoffs, then there will be a new coach, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. actually, well, first round, it's... It'd be, it would be hard to they fire have, a guy yeah. for making the playoffs four years in a row, but yeah, it depends on the tenor of it all. Like, I think Jeffrey wants to see progress. I think Jeffrey Lurie wants to see yeah. progress. Yeah. 
Um, and what Matt Patricia yeah, I mean, got so fired. They, What's he doing now? Well, Matt Patricia is a, is a dynamic <laughs> coach that everybody in the league would really uh, love he's, to ask he's a hot staff. He's the a hot Eagles did decide that they put him in a really difficult position, <laughs> and they had decided to what would be best for him would be to give him a chance to spread his wings elsewhere. Oh he's Jordan Mylotta over there. That's so generous. That's it's generous. so generous of them. Meanwhile, the, da the dastardly wow. Sean Desai uh, is the one who really uh, put them down. Yes, Jordan Mylotta taking picture with former teammate Alex Singleton. Nice. Uh, a quick prospect X question, if yeah. I can. Well, actually, I don't have one yet. Do you no, have well, an idea? I, I feel like I'm the odd man out here, because, or the odd person out here, because Bo has an affinity for Christian Ellis, and yes. Christian Ellis was once they prospect. let him get uh, out of the building. <laughs> for that's those, the, what's what cost them the season. I mean, he was the it's, best linebacker. It was, it was Lee inflection point of the season. <laughs> for those Waving who don't know. Christian Ellis like, is. I mean, it's a very clear Big Dom and Christian and Ellis. That's how the Eagles season went yeah, down. Big Dom is is, uh, is a distraction from what really happened. It's Christian yeah. Ellis. So, so is not he on Radio joking. Row, by the way? I wouldn't be surprised if he like, is we coming just saw week. him. Yeah. Like, Ellis? No. Uh, <laughs> Big Dom. Uh, so, so Kaylin does an outstanding job every year with Prospect X where she identifies someone leading up to the draft and kind of tracks them throughout the draft, and you find out the identity after the draft. Christian Ellis was once that yeah. player. But So I, I was I was going to ask you, Bo, was that the senior he has another brother who's coming into the yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. There's like another seven player. of them. Yeah, a lot of Ellis's. Uh, so, so what's, the process now? what's the process now for finding Prospect X? Okay, so the process, I was at the Senior Bowl, and I, I start kind of asking around at the Senior Bowl, but it's too early because you have to wait to see who gets invited to the Combine, which I don't you think want, they've even released it. You want someone who doesn't yet. get invited. Yeah, right? I need a no-Combine person. Actually, this year is going to be interesting how I'm selecting because the all-star landscape changed. Okay. Because before, my criteria was no Senior Bowl, no East-West Shrine game, no NFLPA because those were the top three games. So I was like, okay, if a guy gets invited to the Hula Bowl yeah. or College Gridiron Showcase, that's fine. Um, but now there's no NFLPA game. So the Hula Bowl became like the third game. And so I was asking, what I was really asking scouts at the Senior Bowl was like, was the Hula Bowl talent level like really that of the third game? And they were kind of like, no. So I think I'm going to be okay with a Hula guy. We'll see. I'm going to have to see how it pans out. Um, so, yeah, I start asking around, like, right at, at the Combine, like, who's not here? Yeah. Who almost got in? Because you can find out sometimes, as you guys know, like, how many votes somebody got sure. to go to the Combine. Mm -hmm. So if they're, like, right on the threshold of, like, you know, 15, 12 to 15 votes, like, they were right there. And it's different per position how many votes you need to get in. It's okay. not like, okay, you have to get 16. It's not like that. It's, like, just depending on the volume of players at each position. It's different every year. But, um, you know, I'll ask agents. I'll ask um, – Jeff, Jeff Foster with the combine used to help me and tell me things, but he doesn't do that anymore, um, which is sad. But anyways, um, I check their combine votes, and then, you know, I just start pulling around. And then pro days are – you got to wait for the pro days, sure. too, because if a guy pops off and runs fast at a pro day, then it's like, oh, great, He's that's not, my guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my process. So we've got a couple months to go through where I can pick one, but, yeah. Uh, here's the thing that I want to ask you about, because we, uh, we poked fun the other day at Zach not getting the invite to Ron Jr. Oh, press yeah. conference. Yeah. You got the invite. I got the invite. First of Golden all, ticket. did it yeah, did it come in like a like a really nice like wedding invitation? <laughs> what if it you did? opened it up and it's uh it's like it's like a pigskin it's a ribbon. Pop -up card. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you have been invited to <laughs> yeah. Grace uh, Roger Goodell with your presence. And how did it go? Um no, it was a first it was a text 
less than a week ahead of time. I think I was not on the original list. Ooh. I think I was like on the well, <laughs> backup or like wow. the second list. Oh, yeah, the so list. they texted yeah. me and were People like. People who are coming to the wedding, then you have some yeah. seats at the table. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We had a couple yeah. cancellations. Right, yeah. Yeah. right. So you I don't, think but you that did was not me. get a plus one. Yes. No, I did not get a plus yeah. one. So they texted me and then I get, you get the email later. But like it was, a, it was difficult because you had to like change. Like I had to change my plans because my flight was getting in like just before because uh, wow. they didn't Monday, know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the actual press conference itself was interesting. Like I think 125 journalists were invited, which like that's like a decent number. But you know, talked to training the, camp in Philly, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and I thought it actually was like more efficient than in the past because like, as you guys probably remember, who, wait, quiz, who got the first question last year? Last Who got year, the first question. Last Donna year. Kelsey. Thank you, Donna freaking Kelsey gets the first question to the commissioner last year, and <laughs> it was about how do I get you on the podcast? Come on, what are we doing? Like that's not, you know, like <laughs> I respect the game. We've been doing that all week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, she hustles. She hustles. But like, but like, that's like my number one question. <laughs> the point is, the point is, the NFL. She could not have yeah. asked that without the NFL knowing she was going to sure. ask that. Oh, of course. Giving That's a her plan. the microphone yeah, yeah. first, choreographing the entire sideshow distraction. So this year, I actually did think it was like serious business. It was like hard questions for the commissioner. He talked for almost an hour. There was only one planted question from a Play 60 kid. So actually, the way that it was run, I'm like, okay, that was good. But Throwing shade at the Play 60 kid. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, <laughs> why? <laughs> you know? I don't know. So I thought it was actually efficient. Moms and Play 60 kids are <laughs> out. <laughs> but I talked to the um, PFWA, which is kind of like our union, but it's not a union, you know, like representing the Got writers. Got a chapter president over here. Yeah, here we go. Not a very strong one. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you know, we're fighting for the media access. the union. <laughs> That yeah. there possibly we're, is. We're fighting for media access. And all, all, all it is is just getting on our knees and begging for things. <laughs> yeah. Please let us in the locker Thank room. Thank you for letting me talk. Please. Yeah. Anyways, the president of the whole thing, he was like, Calvin Watkins, who covers the Cowboys, he's like, anytime you have, like, people who are invited and people who are not, like, if you have to get an invite to ask the commissioner of a question, course. he's like, I have a problem with that. So, you know, I put that in my art. I just wrote something about that and, like, put that in there. And, like, I think it was – I wanted to write about it because I'm like, you know, I can well, just see ridiculous. them doing this every year and just dwindles yeah, exactly. and dwindles right. and dwindles and dwindles. Until it's on the NFL Until network. Until they don't even And it's only yeah. NFL network yeah. uh, employees yeah. asking questions. And it's just yeah. a moderated yeah. panel with Goodell and yeah. whoever has the Super Bowl, whatever network has the Super Bowl that yeah. year. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was a very interesting experience. And you got to ask a question. I this did. Was your, this was your first question I, to Roger? This was my first one. I was shocked. Were you nervous? No. Um, everyone, like, I think they want you to, like, stand up to ask a question. But, like, yeah. I had yeah, my Don't computer. play their game. No, I didn't. Don't I was play like, their game. I was yeah. like, I'm staying seated. Yeah. <laughs> so I got the mic. It's too deferential to have to stand up. It's kind of how I felt. Yeah. I, like, you know, I was yeah. like, I'm not. Uh, good for you. Yeah. yeah. I just stayed well, seated. It's, it's part of the TV program. When you stand up, the camera goes on to you. So it's yeah, like. but don't play their game. Right. They don't need my face. You're a journalist. My NIL. <laughs> my name, image, yeah. and likeness. Yes, yes. Like, what am I getting? <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah. It was You're going to ask him a question. And then the, the, I love this part. You can never get a follow-up in because yeah. they immediately right. remove the microphone from uh. you. But this was actually kind of funny. I was sitting next to Sean Reed of the Athletic, yeah. and he asked he he asked the commissioner about um, I think it was about like the Gerard Mayo succession plan, 
um, okay. that loophole of that you can pick your successor in a coaching contract. Okay. He was asking about that and like if that would be um, damaging to the Rooney rule, like as a way that teams might be getting around that right. in the future. And the commissioner like said no basically and then Deshaun did actually get to ask follow up because I was sitting next to him with the uh, mic you and I over. just went That's like this. Cool. I just the held it right in there. front of him and nice. I was like, yeah, yeah let's go. So that was, yeah. that was kind of fun. That was nice. I like that. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Anything you're working on this week before we get going? Um, I did have a story that came out yesterday that I, I really like how it turned out. Um, if you want to read about the Niners, it is about uh, Kyle Shanahan having cameras oh, and yes. listening in on his position coach. Very creepy. Coaches, which actually, Very creepy. you guys should look into this. I heard that Philly might also do this. I don't know. Have Ooh. you ever heard that? I haven't. Well, okay. I and, and I, well they and tape every meeting. Like, right. Yeah. But are they, is Sirianni or... It, to possibly me, that doesn't wrote, sound like a Sirianni. No, that sounds like possibly a Howie. Howie yeah. like watching live because most teams will tape their installs obviously yeah, yeah, right, because yeah. then they can refer back yeah, to them. Yeah, exactly. If you're not there, you can catch up. If you sign a player mid-season, you can hand them, you know, right. email them or whatever their server, blah blah blah. So most teams do that. But the yeah. difference with the Shanahan's and it started with Mike. Um, they watch in real time and they're listening in real time. So like if they hear something where they're like. That's wrong. It's kind of creepy. They can go in, and, and Kyle now, because of Zoom technology, he can just unmute himself and speak into the room. And so the Niners quarterbacks were like, yeah, it's, we call it the voice of God, because ah. his voice will just appear. Wouldn't you hate that as a as a coach? I would hate that. Like the coaches that I most, I would say ninety seven percent of the coaches that I talked to were like, we love it. It made us better coaches. It's kind of weird, but we love it. Right. Like they're like, I'd rather be but on the same page them as on the him. Record. Exactly. Yeah. I don't and know. The, don't run from the fire. Yeah. Run to it. Right. So yeah, and don't be were, afraid of pressure. There were contrary opinions, but I couldn't even anonymously include because of the pair of the fear of the power of the Shanahan Is it tree. only during meetings or is it just like a nonstop 24-7 feed? I, I believe I believe it's just in meeting time. Okay, then that's not so bad. I but think. in... But like, yeah, like if you're a coach, like you had a tough day, you want to spend 10 minutes just... Yeah, and you do have the ability, your, you, you can know. mute it. Yeah, okay. Like if you want to stop the audio from coming out of your room, you can, now that it's on Zoom, you can mute it. And Mike, when Mike was doing it in Denver and Washington before Zoom technology, they had like a switch on the wall that you could turn off or on with the audio. And I believe in those days, like it was 24-7 video happening. Like... Unless you hit the switch. And then it was like, well, now we can talk and we're muted, essentially. Interesting. I would say whenever I'm in a building, in the Eagles building, I, I just assume that, like, they can hear me speak. Right? Well, especially we, if we're in, like, the press conference rooms with the hot mics everywhere. Oh, uh, yeah. That's why I typically go outside the if you want to talk. situation yeah. this year? So. Yeah. Yes. You know. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you can read that on The Athletic. You can follow Kalen uh, everywhere. And that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. The uh, promised interview with a former Bo Wolf camp crush at BWCC. We'll save that for tomorrow's episode. Very exciting to get to talk to one of my true heroes. And uh, lots more coming on tomorrow's show. This is a predecessor, okay. Christian Ellis, uh, who has had a very fruitful NFL career. And what a call. What, what, what an eyeball that was from Bo Wolf back in 2019, I think. Uh, that'll do it. Thank you to Julia for making it all happen today. Thank you to Zach. Thank you to Donovan McNabb and DeAndre Swift and Zaire Franklin and Tori Smith and Kaylin Kaler for joining us on the show today. We will talk to you tomorrow as we close things out from Radio Row. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. And as always, we love you. Y'all silly like the mayor. 